Find your perfect fall suit with Indochino. Customize every detail of their seasonal designs for a one-of-a-kind look at a great price. And get $50 off purchases of $399 or more at Indochino.com. Promo code FALLUPDATE. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. You all know the drill. We got to let the stream breathe here just for a few seconds. Make sure we're live and active across all five platforms. Nice and stable. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. Powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. And with me this time, not my usual partner in crime on screen, but a partner in crime nonetheless, and definitely, definitely a hashtag football priest, producer of the Mile High Huddle podcast. You guys know him. You love him. He is John Cronenberg, a.k.a. Buona Beast. John, what's going on, man? It's good to have you on, on the pod. It's great to be on. Uh, I'm very excited to be able to finally speak with you kind of on air. Did it with Nick the other day. Really was a, a enjoyable experience, but now it's kind of here we are with the Huddle Up pod and with the you know some of the normal crew, seeing Terry, some of these guys. It's great to be here and excited to get going. How's your day been? So far, so good, man. I mean, this uh, Juwan James thing is just... I think I got to give some props. I, I know there were a few people out there who floated his name, John, as a possibility for the opt-out. And in case you guys missed it, I mean, I'm sure you saw the headline of this stream. In case you missed it, though, Juwan James notified the Broncos earlier today. And, and again, this is the prized free agent, right tackle the Broncos paid uh, 18 months ago. But he notified the Broncos early Monday that he is going to opt out of the 2020 season. He then produced a statement that I want to read here on air in just a few minutes. We'll get to all that. But he's out. He has opted out. So that means by the time the 2020 season officially ends, he'll have been two years into his career with the Denver Broncos and will have played a grand total of 63 snaps. And, John, that is while bringing in roughly – this is something Bob Morris, MHH's Bob Morris had to uh, correct me on – bringing in roughly a little bit north of $17 million for 63 snaps. So it's, look, I don't begrudge anyone out there who ultimately makes a decision that they feel like is what's best for them and their family. But when you have people in your work environment, and in this case, these guys are football players, so they're coworkers, they're teammates, they're actual football players, they're willing to go in, they're willing to go to bat, they're willing to roll the dice in terms of, it's a small risk, relatively speaking, to their age demographic and their relative health. It's a small risk that they're exposing themselves to. In, in James's case, he's worried he's got a, an infant son. I believe it's a son, but an infant child. We'll get to that more here in just a few minutes. So I understand that, John. But at the same time, it, it's really frustrating because I, I got to give credit to, uh, to our friend Jedi Joshua. 
This yes. was something he's he's talked about on multiple occasions that, hey, man, I'm worried. I think it might be Juwan James. If anyone opts out for the Broncos, John, it's going to be Juwan James. So credit to Jedi Josh who who called that. But we got to, I guess, the Broncos are rolling with those punches and they made a few moves today. I'm going to serve this over to you. They made a few moves today that are kind of their first overtures toward figuring out a new plan for right tackle, which we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah, it's been one of those things where the 63 snaps, it just feels like we didn't get our investments worth. You know, it, it felt like he went into the process. He, he was promising some big things when I heard him initially come into Denver, uh, talking about how he was ready, how he was feeling healthy. And it just felt like excuses after excuse after excuse. I don't blame anyone for doing this for their family. You know, he is thinking probably, you know, he has a young child. He doesn't want to get them sick. At the same time, you're leaving out money for your child for the future, his future for his children's future. So maybe this is a situation where you rent a nice apartment and you have to do some of those different kind of communications with your family for some time. You have to make sacrifices at some point. A lot of people have to do that when they go off to work where they don't want to do it overseas, but maybe they have to go overseas. Maybe they have to go on a, on a boat for months and do some, do some different kind of, um, you know, just whatever it may be. And that's the, the thing where, he, there is other options he could have taken. He decided to take the $150,000 opt-out, if I'm correct. Is that yep. Am I right there? Yep. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things where so there was no risk to him personally. They didn't feel like there was a risk to uh, his family immediately. And so he's going to get that $150,000 advance because um, it's not really a stipend, as uh, Bob pointed out in his article. Um, so Bob's article is a great point to understand the cap situation beyond just how we're feeling emotionally, that gut reaction of, man, I felt, I feel left down again. I thought at least we'd have them for this year, the odd versus even years that many of us have spoken about. <laughs> right. Yep, that goes, that theory goes out the window this, this time around anyway, but you know, and that's the thing is we can all sympathize and relate, especially those of us who are parents and those of us who are parents of, of young infant children or toddlers, like we can relate that we want to protect and, and, preserve them from any kind of exposure to any kind of danger or risk. But the reality is this was something I actually researched today, John, Mm -hmm. according to the latest CDC data on this thing, the number of children under the age of five and under who have unfortunately, and every one of them is a tragedy. I'm not minimizing this. Okay. But who have succumbed to the bug 14 in the United States since this thing started by many orders of magnitude, more have, had that same result as as a result of the flu. I don't like talking about death. I don't like talking about mortality. So I'm trying to find ways around it. But what I'm getting at is this is a good example of, yes, and this is something he mentions in, in his statement, which I want to read. We're going to get to that here in just a few minutes. This is a good example of because not a lot is known all about this particular bug in terms of it's only been with our scientific community in the, within the Western zeitgeist now for going on six, seven months, whatever it is, we're in month eight, maybe month nine, depending on when you believe it actually broke out of the, of uh, Wuhan. But nevertheless, not a lot is known about it. And so all people have to go on is what they're reading and seeing on television and online, which as we talk about on this podcast often is for the most part, 24 seven fear porn with regard to the word that shall go unmentioned. And so people do get spooked. People don't necessarily look at the data. It should be a data driven decision 
And the data right now says, look, it's not, you're more likely that that, that age demographic, not only these players, John, that are, that are in the facility, but the age demographic from them on down to infants, they're more likely to get struck by lightning than to succumb to the bug that shall go unnamed. So I want to get your thought, uh, your thoughts on this, this um, statement that he released. I want to go through Bob's great article on the cap ramifications. <clears throat> and as we can see here, John, we've got some super chats stacking up, but uh, really quick, let me get these matters of business. We're seven minutes in. I want to make sure our new listeners, as the show continues to grow exponentially, I might add, like it's taken off again here with a new month. The Broncos are back in the building. Things are happening and Huddle Up and Mile High Huddle are just rocketing forward. I want to make sure our new listeners understand how to connect with us on social media at Huddle Up Pod. That's what you want to follow on Twitter. <clears throat> it's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. While you're at it, you want to follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. That's how you catch all the breaking Broncos news and analysis as we're publishing that in real time. And then you got to follow John here too. This is a reminder. I go through this at the end of the show, but follow John K. I know it's hard. It's like, wait, uh, at John K. That's K-A-Y-M-H-H on Twitter. And then guys, we want to gently, really quick, draw your attention to the merch store. We had a flood of new orders go up last night because we have a few new items that I want to draw your attention to really quick that uh, one in particular, Zach has just, Zach put this design together. And by the way, we wish Zach, it's his birthday today. We wish Zach a happy birthday. He's traveling to spend time with his family, with his folks. And uh, we're going to have him back on Thursday and we will celebrate his birthday with him belatedly, right? We'll celebrate it then. So happy birthday to Zach when he listens to this. But he designed this shirt. It's the Let Him Hate. You got the number three on the back. It says locked in, as you can see here, hopefully. And the Huddle Up logo on the back. John, these shirts have been flying off the shelf, so to speak, since we debuted it last night, right before we went live on the podcast. So guys, this is just this merch store, huddleuppod.com. It's another way to support what we do here at Mile High Huddle. And if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here with us in the in the stream. But whether you're with us live or listening after the fact as a podcast, each and every one of you can do these three things. And it's so helpful to us. The work that John and I and Zach, <clears throat> Nick and Carl and all the guys put into these podcasts and the written content, these three things can help to encourage that, continue to encourage that. Make sure you're subscribed, especially on YouTube. Like the video or like that podcast episode, wherever you're listening, and then share it out there, especially that first and third. Those three things, oh, man, they, they can really help us continue to grow and reach new listeners and new members of Broncos country, just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. 
Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. All right, John. I want to first, and then we'll get the ball rolling, I want to read this statement from Jawan James that he produced immediately after the news broke. And then we'll get some we'll get some conversation going. I guess probably what I should do first is since we don't have you running the chat, maybe while I read this, if you want to yeah. get super staged and welcome to uh, everybody who's with us. Sorry, this time we're used to having producer John just focus 100% on the chat stream and keeping things going. And this time we have to both be utility men juggling both things. So bear with us. Um, but I'm going to read this statement real quick, John, and then I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I just want to say, uh, I purchased my Let Them Hate uh, shirt already as well. Uh, it's just one of those things where it was a great design. It was a great concept by Zach, and it was one of those things. He's been working on it for, for a long time, so I was very excited to see it go up on the store, and I think uh, a lot of people, you'll you'll enjoy that and w- repping that whenever you're uh, out for a Broncos uh, celebration. Heck, yeah, you're repping the Broncos, and you're repping MHH, you're repping the Huddle Up Pod. Check it out if, you, if you're in position, too. We appreciate it. All right, here's the statement. John, I got to get your thoughts on this. All right, there's two segments to it. Here it goes. Quote, after continuous conversation with my family over the past couple of weeks about the NFL figuring out the plan for the 2020 season, I've decided to opt out. It is tough, but the right decision. There's just too much unknown about the virus and about plans handling it going forward. My wife and I were blessed with our newborn son, May 22nd, and he's now my top priority. Although I worked all offseason and invested in my body to bounce back and have a great year on the field, it's just not worth risking the health of my loved ones. I've seen the virus, already hospitalized one of my family members, and hope to not have that happen again. We can't live in fear or just confine ourselves just to our homes, but we all have to make the right conscious choices and navigate through day-to-day life to protect our neighbors. To my teammates, I reached out to before making the decision. I appreciate your input and acknowledgement that the man comes first before the football player. All my brothers around the league, I pray for you and your family's safety throughout the season and rest of the pandemic. To the Denver community, now he's talking to you guys here, okay? To the Denver community, these first two years weren't what I expected them to be when arriving here. I know you don't know me well, and a false narrative was painted of me last year due to comments made about my injury, but I am invested in this city and my team. I look forward to the future we have here, but in that same breath, I'm even more invested in my family. Everyone make sure to stay positive through these crazy times and enjoy your loved ones. I hope 2021 will be a better year for all of us. Take care of yourselves because ultimately health is wealth. Close quote. John, your gut reaction to that statement. My gut reaction was he didn't need to bring up the narrative of last year. That's the ultimate thing that jumps off the page. We get it. That's how that's how you felt. You felt like you were done he was done wrong by the Broncos in terms of his injury and how everything was handled. I understand that, but let it go. Let's focus if he wanted to focus on the health of his child, on his family, and overall something along those lines, that would have been more acceptable. But when he's bringing up false narrative, it feels like, again, he's trying to bring up the past. It's one of those things where it just does not make it feel like a natural feeling of, hey, I'm actually I really did have these great intentions coming in. Right. 
It's like he's hedging. It's like he's posturing. And it's definitely posturing. I mean, this is very much from a PR perspective. This is Jawan James thinking that he can get out in front of this soft reputation that he has developed and it being an injury milker. And for what it's worth, gang, this was a reputation he had developed in five years in the league long before he became a Bronco. That's why there was the report that the Miami Dolphins were, quote, laughing at the Broncos when they paid him. At the time, it was a record deal for a right tackle. It was the biggest contract in NFL history the day the Broncos signed him to it for a free agent right tackle that was soon then uh, broken just like a matter of – it might have been a few hours or at least a day later, something like that. Anyway, but it was a record deal at the time, unprecedented for a right tackle, and he had that reputation, John, of being – soft of being an injury milker and then lo and behold what happens he comes to denver he does suffer a knee injury that was real that did happen in week one Mm -hmm. after what 10 11 snaps on the field i want to say and from there is where things get skewampus i don't necessarily want to rehash the back and forth what he's talking about for those of you who might be scratching your head about the narrative he's not just talking about his his reputation for being soft he's talking about how the team postured his injury last year in the court of public opinion, which was basically, I don't have the quotes pulled up right now, but to paraphrase, to boil it down, John, it was basically, uh, look, we are frustrated. We wish we knew why this has taken so long to get him back on the field. You know, he needs to, I think Vic Banjo made some remarks late in the year that he needs to, you know, get his priorities in line or figure out what's most important to him or whatever. And then we had that Nikki Jabvala when she was covering the Broncos for the Athletic in December. That story come out um, where he's trying to set their record straight. And he claims, now again, there's two sides to every story. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Okay. He claims he, he suffered a partial meniscus tear. That's why he couldn't come back from it. That's why even eight weeks off between week one or seven weeks, I should say, between week one and week eight, when he came back in game two against the Colts, week eight, his second appearance why it took so long and then why he didn't show up again for another seven weeks, week 14 on the road at the Houston Texans, that first half where the Broncos just went gangbusters all over the Texans offensively. He was at right tackle. And then he came out in the second half because his knee was quote unquote buckling under him. He couldn't, he couldn't stay on the field. So he's saying that they did me dirty. The Broncos are saying basically in so many words, reading between the lines, he did us dirty. And then he pulls this, he does this. And so I understand John, why fans were livid today. But honestly, I think like we talked about from Jedi Joshua, great listener, great member of the community, fans probably for the most part, those who have been really paying attention, John, they they saw this coming. I agree. Let's get to Robot of Doom 5. Happy birthday to Zach. Happy birthday to Zach. Just happy (laughs) birthday to Zach and many, many more. Amen. Happy birthday to Zach. We look forward to getting him back on here uh, on the podcast, he'll be back in the saddle Thursday night. And by the way, this is is Terry in the stream. I haven't seen him yet. Yes, we have Terry right here. The beauty okay. of the beast. Terry, of course, thank you for the super chat, my friend. You are scheduled to come on the show Wednesday night. It'll be John and I once again. Zach won't be back till Zach won't be back till Wednesday or uh, Thursday night. Excuse me. If you would like, I think it might be good if your schedule allows for you to come on Thursday night when Zach's back so we can all have the kind of the whole band together. When you come on the show, if you're okay with that, shoot me a DM on Twitter. So I know that I'll see it. If not, we can definitely plan on Wednesday night, but I think it would be better if we have you on the show when the whole band is ready to roll. Um, And John, we are 
because both of us are in the stream together this time, there's some super chats. It jumped on me. What's the next okay. one? I'm going to grab Stu. next. So I have a few. Okay. Zeus McPeak jumping in, condescending from on high, way up, way up high from the MHH Mount Rushmore. We, you know him. We know him. We all love him. Stu, yes. we appreciate you, my friend. As always, hope your travels today uh, got you to your destination safely or you're getting closer anyway. And he says, right. Beast rocking it. Fauna Beast doing his thing, John. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's been great when I spoke to uh, Stu just in the background uh, in the green room the other day, and he's a great person, uh, you know, just a classy guy, and I, I was really delighted to meet him. Let me get Kevin right here. KP he, in the house from Florida, right? Yeah, KP's in Florida. Disgusted. Here's his super chat. Disgusted with Joan James. I wonder what Mark's thinking. He's played 63 snaps in two years. I assume he's talking Mark Langley, right? Yeah. Can we dump him? And what's our cap hit if we do? Didn't he know his wife was pregnant pre-draft and free agency? Look, there's an aspect to this that is unfair in that, look, he's just he's, – he's, we can only take him at what, what his word is. We can read between the lines. We can factor in his past history of being, quote, unquote, soft or perceived as soft. But it's hard to get too – for me to get too up in arms about it because, you know, he's going off what he thinks is the right thing based on what he's reading and seeing and hearing in the media. He's in, he's in a panic and he only gets 150 grand this year. He's not going to be designated a high or a uh, higher risk uh, designation for the CV reserve list. Like Kyle Pecco has already been given. So he'll, so Kyle Pecco, for example, gets 350,000 as a stipend. That's free money. He doesn't have to pay it back. It doesn't come out of next year's salary. It's just money for, for sitting on the sidelines. Whereas James, and again, he's already collected $17 million plus from the Broncos since he signed, so it's not like he's hurting for coin. But he's going to get $150,000 $150, this year only, and we're going to get to this right now. That is actually an advance that will come out of his 2021 guaranteed salary. So, John, I think that's a good segue if there's ever – a good one here on tonight's show to get to the Bob Morris article. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Between you and me, I always knew that I needed life insurance, but I just kept putting it off. Then I found the Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Plan, and it took all the worry out. Now I know that I won't be a burden to my family because it can help cover my final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts. And it can help you too. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed with this policy regardless of your health history. There are no medical exams to complete or lengthy health questionnaires to fill out. Simply text INSURE to 30555. And premiums don't increase over time. The amount you pay when coverage begins is the same amount you'll pay throughout the duration of your policy. Just answer four easy questions to get your free personalized quote instantly by texting INSURE 
to 30555. See website for terms and restrictions. But before we before we get to some of that, let's grab a couple more supers because they're going to continue yeah. to stack up and I don't want to lose people. John, Johnny Baby, it's good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you jumping in. John Mortensen, very generous on Super Chat. Rocking the MHH face mask like a boss and keeping the supply chain rolling for these United States. He says, I got lucky and caught you live, Chad. Our truck is uh, truck is in the shop getting repairs. Good to see you live, and thank you for everything you priests do. It really sucks about James opting out. It does, man. It does. We're going to talk about where the Broncos go from here in just a few minutes later on in the show. I mean, we're only 21 minutes in here. We got plenty of time, John, to let our hair down. What else we got? Yeah, let's see. I know I got one right here from Mundungus, the wizard himself jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, he says, sign Cordy Glenn at tackle and call it good. Worst case, you move Reisner to tackle, Wilkinson to guard. But good Lord, that puts Wilkinson and Bowles next to each other in the same side. Honestly, John, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I've had it spitballed. I even spitballed it myself today in a written article. The idea of putting putting Reisner at right tackle and either putting Natani Muti, who was activated off the non-football injury list today, or Elijah Wilkinson, who was activated off the pup list today. Those were the two moves the Broncos made kind of in reaction to James saying sayonara. The biggest thing I worry about is that bond in chemistry and stability. You would kind of be taken from Bowles if you move his partner, if you move Reisner over to right tackle. I'm not so much worried about Elijah Wilkinson at guard. I think he's much better suited to play inside, whether you have him at left or right guard, than he is at either tackle slot. But think about this. The Broncos, look, if, if, if uh, necessity is the mother of invention, the Broncos right now, by necessity, they're going to have to get a little bit creative because Elijah Wilkinson left much to be desired last year as the right tackle, gave up 10 sacks, multiple penalties. I mean, he was one of the highest penalized uh, offensive linemen in the league as well last year. So the Broncos actually had two tackles that were up there. But nevertheless, if you were to put either Wilkinson or Muti at left guard and Reisner at right tackle with, let's just assume it's going to be Lloyd Cushenberry at center, and then you got uh, Graham Glasgow at right guard, that might end up being the starting five equation that makes the most sense. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where if you move Reisner to right tackle, I think you have to stick with it, though. I'm not playing this game of them moving him back to left guard next year, and then we'll see what happens in free agency and all those different things. I think if you're going to make the move, you have to stick with the move, and you can put a few players there. Um, I was disappointed that Brian Winters was signed by the Bills because this kind of would have been a good play for that where you could have plugged in Winters at left guard, had a starting caliber, real starting caliber guard at kind of a lower price tag, and then you could have moved easily Reisner to right tackle. Um, But I do think it's an option. I think it's one of those things where we're going to have to see how Munchak feels about that. And I do worry, again, that that's – coordination together of having bowls and and Reisner be able to pass off blockers together. I'm worried that's not going to develop as well with Wilkinson there. Because I, um, I feel like again those interior offense alignment, they're gonna work they're gonna gel well together. If it's Cushenberry or Morris uh, with Glasgow and and Reisner on the side of him, you know, it's gonna be a great kind of way to help the tackles, I feel as well, because again, 
give you, gives it more room for the right tackle to kind of pass off. And, and Glasgow can make that jump to the other side and help and assist uh, that right tackle. So yeah. uh, interesting perspective. I'm not sure how it would work out totally. Um, but again, I would love to hear what you think about Reisner in terms of his length. Does his length have enough to do with that? Well, if we take a look at, let's do uh, Dalton Reisner mock draftable. This is the best place to go for seeing where the percentiles fall uh, with regard to their measurements. So with Dalton Reisner, let me make sure I'm interpreting this correctly. So uh, his arm length, that's, that's the question, his wingspan. Mm. Unfortunately, it puts him in the, in the 35th percentile. So he doesn't have the longest arms for tackle. I, uh, excuse me, 42nd percentile. So wingspan, 35 percentile. Arm length, my apologies, 34 inches. So he clears the, he clears the bottom threshold uh, for, for tackle length at 42. And let's not forget, he's 42 percentile, um, 34 inches arm length. Let's not forget, John, he played right tackle for the majority of his career at Kansas State, and he did so at a high, high level, all-American level. In fact, as I was writing up this story today, reporting on Elijah Wilkinson and Natani Muti coming off their injury list and kind of spitballing these new offensive line equations, how it might work out. I was trying to remember, was it he went his entire senior season without giving up a sack? I think it was his entire senior season and most of his junior year. Did Dalton Reisner go at right tackle without relinquishing a single sack? I know as a junior, he only relinquished three quarterback pressures as a right tackle. Now, the NFL, you know, it's a far cry and many steps up from where he was, you know, the levels of competition um, that he was at there consistently at Kansas State. But I honestly wouldn't worry too much about Dalton Reisner at right tackle. I really wouldn't just because he wasn't just solid at right tackle. And clearly and evidently, you know, when you're b- breaking down the film, watching him, you think to yourself, you know, he would just he's, he's just destined for the inside. He's not cut out for tackle at the next level. You don't think that when you watch his Kansas State tape, that dude was a dominant right tackle. And I think because of what he brings between the ears, we know he's got the measurements. What he brings between the ears and his heart, I think he would thrive wherever you put him, including at right tackle. Now, there might be a little bit of some you know, um, growing pains in terms of going back from being in the phone booth inside for a year and a half for the Broncos to go into the outside. But honestly, John, I think right now the Broncos are rolling with their on paper plan of Wilkinson at right tackle, keeping Reisner at left guard, Glasgow right uh, left guard, Glasgow right guard, and then Cushenberry at center, Bowles at left tackle. If Natani Muti really proves, John, that he can get his health together and he's good to go this year, maybe that equation changes, but I don't think it will unless all of a sudden the Broncos had a Eureka type of moment where they're like, what are we thinking? Let's just put Wilkinson at left guard and Reisner at right tackle. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I, I do feel like there is a lot of left guard potential we have there with Wilkinson, Schlottman. I mean, even we can if Morris does not work out at center, he can pull over to guard. A lot of different options there, too. So uh, moving over to right tackle for Reisner isn't the, the worst idea either at, by any means. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Between you and me, I always knew that I needed life insurance, but I just kept putting it off. 
Then I found the Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Plan, and it took all the worry out. Now, I know I won't be a burden to my family because it can help cover my final expenses. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555 to get your free personalized quote today. See website for terms and restrictions. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Why don't we get to Kevin here real quick before yeah. we get a jump here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Big Kev, back yeah. in the house. Appreciate your super as always, buddy. Uh, military men go to war for the future of their children with the possibility of getting killed. What's that say about James? You know, the other thing I think about on this kind of same idea is that mm-hmm. How many of you in the United States or anywhere in the Western world, for that matter, have had to go to work because bills don't wait on the Rona? They don't wait for a bug. How many of you had have had to since, let's say, the third week of March when this became a thing in the United States, when it became officially pandemic level? How many of you have gone back to work or gone to work because you had to, because you got to make ends meet and because the economy's got to keep going and in the face of any or some or maybe a lot of reservations or worries or concerns about what you may be exposing yourself or your loved ones to. I think any of us out there who have jobs that work outside the home, right now, you can put your arm in the air and say, me, at some point between now and dating back to March, you probably had some of those thoughts, but you pushed through, you did what you had to do. It's no different what these football players are doing, only the stakes for them financially, the, the reward for the relative risk they take for stepping outside their front door is much higher. The carrot is much tastier for them than what we get walking out the door. You know, any of us got to go punch the clock, whatever it might be, average American. And in that sense, I, I, I equate it more to that than as KP saying here, which is you're not off base KP about the military men go to war for oh, the future yeah. of their children. You brought this up, John earlier in the podcast that, look, he's leaving some serious coin on the table. Look, he's going to be on, we're going to talk about the ramifications next. I want to get KP. And then I think there's one from Glenn. Glenn. And then, then we'll grab this Bob article here and go through some details on the cap ramifications. But thank you, KP. Appreciate the super as always, buddy. Yeah. Good Glenn in here. Glenn Hauser, the man who has produced the single most impressive mm-hmm. Bronco man cave picture I've ever seen. Appreciate yeah. you jumping in, my friend. Uh, Pip, uh, Philip Rivers is playing, and he has 97 kids. Hashtag no heart. Hashtag waste of money. Hashtag Zach and yeah. Brady, birthday twins. 
this is something that Zach ruse that he has to share a birthday with Tom Brady. Uh, but uh, it is, it is conspicuous. Thank you, Glenn. And then one more real quick, cause I know the stream is going to do a jump. Dude, yeah. Appreciate you, my friend, as always, buddy. And it's good chit chatting with you on social media. He says, I do believe we're much better off with no show, James. Mm. I'd be curious to hear how you can elucidate that perspective, Duke, or, you know, elaborate because look, John, the best the Broncos offense looked in the calendar season of 2019 was first and second quarter on the road, week 14 at the Houston Texans. And lo and behold, who was at right tackle? Jawan James. Yeah. And that's the hard thing about this is he did look good in his 63 snaps, I believe. He did look good. And it felt like one of those things where, you know, there was potential and I felt it and I felt excited, you know, especially for a few times. And just every single time was let down. Uh, and, and again, it was one of those things where I think a lot of us felt like just put him on the IR and stop this kind of game. What was going on at that time? Right. Uh, got KP again. Yep. Saying it, wishing, you know, wishing Zach a happy B day. I think that's the second time he's done that. So he really wants us to make sure we let let Zach know happy birthday. Uh, Allison Sessions on Facebook. We can't neglect our great Facebook community says James really didn't want to play football. And that's something the Broncos questioned last year, which is what he took exception to in that sit down with Nikki Jabala late in the season. In fact, it might've been with the season in the books. He took exception to the Broncos, even hinting at his desire might be in question to play football, but what else can you infer from the way? I mean, look, does it, does it feel like this guy wants to be on the field, dude? I mean, this is something that was brought to my attention by, uh, a great listener of the pod. I'll, I'll get the name here in a, in a few minutes. I'll go research it. But a great listener of the pod sent to me a clip from a show today on 104.3 The Fan. I want to say it was the uh, Stokely and Zach show mm-hmm. where they're saying, look, what changed? Jawan James has actually been out on the grass in these unofficial practices with Drew Locke and his fellow teammates. You know, he's without a mask. All of a sudden, it's time to walk through the building. All of a sudden, it's time to get to work. All of a sudden, it's time to actually do your job, and I'm going to beg off. I'm out. What changed? Now, I would imagine James would argue, John, that, well, that, you know, because he talks about in his statement, remember, about the NFL's plan, like he intimates that it's this questionable, weird, we don't really know what's going to happen. That's bullhickey. The Broncos have been lauded for their response plan to this thing. And any of you who have watched the videos that they produced, I've tried to draw all of your attention to these videos. I would show it to you right now if I didn't think I would get a copyright claim on YouTube or Facebook for showing it to you. But it is impressive. If you have not seen these behind the scenes of, uh, in one case, for example, it shows Bradley Chubb follows, uh, uh, the camera follows Bradley Chubb through the check-in process where they check his temperature, give him a saliva test. You know, actually the first one is up the nose. Uh, All the different tweaks and upgrades and changes they've made to the facility to hedge against and minimize the spread of the bug and infection. It is as comprehensive and painstaking as it gets. Like they look, I mean, I don't know. I speaking for those who are employed in the real world, John, I don't think too many other Americans can say that their employer went to that great a length to minimize the potential spread. And yet, all of a sudden, even though he was out on the grass in the middle of the, the pandemic in Denver area parks with Drew Locke, with Philip Lindsay, with Corlin Sutton, that was no problem. But now all of a sudden, I got to worry about my newborn son. I 
the the timing is curious, and I think it's simply due to the fact that it was a deadline to opt out. And why play football when I don't have to? I can kick the can down the road. I think it's just his overall mindset. We have to question it at this point. As Allison says, he didn't really want to play football. You have to question it at this point or else you're blind. Yeah. It's one of those things where I saw some of those videos. They even have a, a disinfecting kind of wash spray as you're going onto the field. I mean, they're really going as far as they can to the extreme extent, especially the Broncos. I think they've been one of the more touted teams for what they're doing in terms of how to you know, curve what's going on uh, with the bug. And I, I only see good things from the Broncos. I'm not sure. You know, I understand there's concerns, but I see them taking, the, it, taking it to the nth degree and making sure everyone is safe. As you see, you know, Beck, they're going to make sure that he is safe before he comes back into that building. It's, yeah. It really is something impressive, and a real big shout-out to Brittany Bowen for achieving that and getting that plan together so quickly uh, in comparison to other organizations. Yep. Yeah, you got to tip your cap to her. I mean, this, if anything, showed extreme competence on her part. This is a, this is a, a woman as an executive I don't think, and as a potential owner in the future, she exuded extreme competence, which you need in any kind of leadership position. You need competency, among other qualities of leadership and yeah. uh, et cetera, but still very encouraging with regard to her prospects of maybe taking the reins over at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, David Kilgore, one of our bona fide Super Chat superstars and MHH Mount Rushmore members, jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you as always, Dave. He says, happy birthday to Zach. Welcome, Beast. Glad to put a face with the name. What do you guys see Denver doing to replace James? Is it a trade? Is it a free agent? And if it's a trade, who? John, you talked about this, something that James Campbell, great member of the community, mentioned early, uh, quite a long time ago. But why don't you yeah. start on this one for David? Yeah, I think uh, James Campbell talked about it pretty well when he was talking about Riley Reef. Being an option, he's worked with uh, our offensive coordinator Sherman before. Shermer, sorry. Yep. Uh, and again, it's one of those things where he provides some options. Let's say we have him for, I believe it would be two years. That gives you the option to play him at right tackle this year. Let's say we finally get back James. Uh, the Broncos get James back next year. You can put him over at left tackle if Bowles is on his way out. So it gives you a lot more flexibility with Reef uh, to have that kind of option, but. In-house options are Calvin Anderson, who's shown some a lot, you know, good, some good promise at least. Yeah, uh, definitely someone to watch out for practice squad if he doesn't make the roster, uh, as well as Quinn Bailey, and then you have uh, Jake Rogers, who did well uh, in filling in duties. I believe the last two games uh, he played right tackle for us or for the Broncos. Uh, so there, there's some in-house options, uh, but again, I, I see it more or less being we're we're gonna they're going to stay packed and yeah. uh, I don't see a move being done right away. Honestly, do you, I really don't. I think you saw their initial surge to, you know, we don't know what their initial plan was for Wilkinson on the pup list and for uh, Muti on the NFI list, but they immediately dispensed with that and activated them both. Now that doesn't mean they're going to rush them out onto the field because until whatever it is, uh, I want to say it's the 14th of August. I might be getting the date wrong, but basically the next two plus weeks still, they're mostly focusing on conditioning. Although they are going out on the grass, they are doing some stuff at walkthrough speeds. Okay. 
But when it comes, so they got time to do Wilkinson and Muti to kind of continue to heal up and make sure that they're good to go. But when they start getting out on the grass and, and running 11 on 11 and seven on seven, popping a little bit, hitting, you know, they don't do full tackle anymore in NFL training camps. Uh, but the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen, they do kind of pop, right? They do collide. So you get that sense of how things are shaping up. And I think that they're going to be good to go in time to participate in that aspect so the coaches can kind of get a bead on, look, where do they fit? But I, I still think right now the plan is Wilkinson at right tackle. Um, Muti, they're going to maybe try and microwave his recovery and see if they can't keep him on the roster because if Wilkinson ends up being – look, he, his his – Effort was commendable. Like he got put into a really tough situation as a career, mm-hmm. at least at the NFL level, career guard. He played tackle at Connecticut. Was it Connecticut? UConn. Yeah, Connecticut. Right? Yes. Um, but at the NFL level, inside guy, he did a good job kicking outside all of a sudden in terms of his effort to replace James. 12 starts in his absence last year. But again, it was the production. He lacks the foot speed. He lacks the twitchiness to handle speed, explosive speed rushers off the edge. Ten sacks he relinquished. He was credited with giving up double-digit sacks last season in 12 starts. Not a full season, 12 starts. And so that's to say nothing of the holding penalties because sometimes these guys, when they get beaten handily, it's either hold this dude and take the yellow laundry or my quarterback's going to get killed. And that's a decision they have to make sometimes. In his case, he made it way too often. Now, he's lucky that he had a guy – a recidivist on the, on the level of uh, Garrett Bowles drawing that yellow laundry as often as he did last year to take some of that focus off of Wilkinson. But I think the Broncos would be fooling themselves to think, look, we got it figured out. We'll just plug Wilkinson back in at right tackle, you know, make some accommodations for the depth and, and figure it's either, it's either him at right tackle moving Reisner over or an outside addition and outside of Cordy Glenn, there's no one really available on the free agent market, John, that speaks to me. In fact, that's a good segue real quick. Yeah. Baldwin, by the way, was he going to play more than six games? That's an excellent point. Your guess is as good as ours on that in terms of, you know, the theory is even even years is when uh, James has the good fortune from the injury bug. But we'll never be able to test that theory, at least not this year anyway. But, John, I want to bring up this poll you ran today. Let me yeah. uh, give our, give our – uh, audience a quick visual so you guys can see what we're talking about here and the his question who would you like to sign to replace Jawan James this season if it is someone else leave a comment he had Elijah Wilkinson Cordy Glenn as a free agent DeMar mm-hmm. Dotson also a free agent Jared Valdir a free agent now everyone knows who Jared Valdir is at this point everyone should at least have a surface level understanding of Cordy Glenn DeMar Dotson is more unproven and then some of the names uh, we'll get to here in a second that fans put in, but it was 36%, John, swinging for Cordy Glenn. What do you make of that? I make of it that people value what he did before last year with Cincinnati. They value what he did as a Buffalo Bill. And I think that, again, similar to Riley Reef, uh, he has the ability to play right tackle and then maybe be moved over to left tackle in certain situations. So, again, if this isn't one of those deals where you can just get a one-year deal done, well, maybe for two years it's not the worst thing to have someone who can be that both, be able to play both sides of right tackle and left tackle. Um, but, yeah. yeah, there was some uh, – you know, it was interesting. A lot of people I thought were actually interested in Dotson. 
Um, they just want to see a workout with him, though. I mean, he, he's getting up there in age. He did some really good things with Tampa Bay um, in terms of pass blocking. It's just a matter of does he still have that ability to take a step back and have that big, you know, uh, kickback step to be able to reach out to those faster edge rushers. Right. For what it's worth, here's what Carl Dummler, co-host of the Building the Broncos podcast, big-time draft guy. Um, I lean on Carl as one of the one of the handful of MHH staffers who I really trust and look to for draft insight and, and information. I mean, the amount of time Carl, Eric, Nick, these guys spent scouting the draft, it would blow your mind. So he has a good beat on – a lot of prospects each and every year, pretty much anyone that's declared for the draft that's within the realm of the possible of being, being drafted, these guys know a little something, something. And Carl says here on Twitter, quote, watching some DeMar Dotson right now, looking good in pass protection, not going to do much in the run game, but in today's NFL, I would much rather see him as a great pass blocker. And then James Campbell, who we all know here, at Jolt from the Hole on Twitter, follow him, you guys. He says, quote, really wouldn't mind him as an option, being Dotson, but would try to sign into a two-year deal to raise the floor for next season if it were possible. But, you know, honestly, John, to me, none of those names, Wilkinson, Glenn, Dotson, Valdir, are ideal, which is why if I'm the Broncos, I'm at least going to test out the new a, a new equation that includes Reisner at right tackle just to see because you've got interior guys in spades. They're coming out of your ears. I mean, you've got Elijah Wilkinson's best served inside. You've got now, let's see, let's, you know, cross fingers that Muti is going to be viable and able to contribute this year. You've got Austin Schlopman. You've got multiple guys, even uh, Patrick Morris. Well, Morris is more of pure center, but nevertheless, I might even be missing one. You got a lot of bodies that you could probably count on for inside interior play. But John, yeah. offensive tackle wise, you get past Wilkinson. I like some of the up. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Side potential of Calvin Anderson. Jake Rogers in a tight, tight pinch. I mean, like, one game. Okay, we can lean on him. The one start he had last year was putrid at right tackle for what it's worth. And then who's the other one I'm missing? Oh, Quinn Bailey. Yeah. Maybe there's some upside there that we haven't seen yet. And then uh, the undrafted rookie, Hunter Watts. None of those guys present anything close to a warm and fuzzy in anyone's bill, including at Broncos HQ, which is why, honestly, at this point, Wilkinson and Reisner, even though at the NFL level, Reisner doesn't have the tackle experience yet, but they are the two most experienced tackles beyond uh, Garrett Bowles that they have. So maybe that's what you do. Maybe you at least give it an option, uh, uh, a few looks in some 11 on 11, see how it feels, see how it looks. And, you know, one thing I'd like to talk about is we signed Jawan James. The year we signed him, we decided to move on from Billy Turner. And I feel like, you know, if, think about it, how much better the Broncos would have been if they signed Billy Turner to the deal. Let's say – exactly similar to what the Packers signed him for. Uh, I think the Broncos would have been su- superior. I know that's hindsight, but again, it's one of those things where you're, you're not looking at your in-house talent. You're always trying to bring in someone outside, try to get better. Well, it's going to, it's that that's when sometimes it gets too, you know, it gets worse when you could have had a nice situation with Billy Turner, for example. Right. Right. Especially when you pay through the nose, John, to go get Juwan James. And even, yeah, as, as you've said, Billy Turner got, pre- got paid a pretty penny relative to his experience and play from the Green Bay Packers. But considering what you got out of Juwan James through, you know, by the time this season's over through two years, you've gotten peanuts at a much cheaper cost. You could have brought back Turner. He can play guard or tackle. He did both for the Broncos at different points in his tenure as a Bronco. It's a ship that has sailed, but it's something that's worth looking back on from time to time and wondering what could have been. Absolutely. I think it's a fair point, John, and something that's worth it. Uh, Real quick here from Mike Evans, Mikey Boy jumping in, showing his generosity as he is wont to do. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that, buddy, on Super Chat. Uh, He says, "Still, I'm still mad about James. So will we pick up a corner or a tackle in the first round of next year's draft? John. I mean, I guess it depends on what happens this year with do any of these young corners emerge for the Broncos. I think at least one will. That gives you three solid guys, if one does, in Callahan, Bouye, and just whoever that one ends up being. We'll see. I think the most imminent threat at this stage is tackle, just to be frank with you. So it wouldn't surprise me if they go tackle in the first round, but let's just hope if that's how it shakes out next year, they do a little bit more due diligence in terms of, you know, picking the right guy that's not only got the measurables and the talent, but what it takes between the years. Exactly. And I, I agree with that. It's more of a tackle first at this point. Um, and we'll see who develops. You know, we, we still have Michael O. We'll see what he's able to do. And uh, Bosby, you know, we'll see if we sign him again. Uh, so we have a lot of options still there at corner, I feel. All right. Should we get to Bob's article? We've been. Let's get to Bob's real quick, and then we'll wrap up with some supers. I think we're pretty caught up on 
Uh, we still, there's several supers we got to get to, but I'm not worried about losing them in the stream. So let's grab this article real quick. You guys can read along with MHH, hashtag read along with MHH. All right, so Bob is our go-to cap guy. In fact, today, uh, God bless him, several times he DM'd or emailed me to correct me on a few things I was saying slash reporting, including I was I had uh, misread something that it was $27 million signing bonus that Juwan James got when he signed back in March of 2019. It was actually uh, $12 million to sign plus about $5 million in, in fully guaranteed salary last year. So all in, he made about $17 bucks for 63 snaps. That's so it's 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 a marked difference though twenty seven to seventeen and I th- I'm just glad to have a guy like Bob who understands nuts and bolts and can get down into the kind of the details. But I'm going to go ahead and quote this whole section. So bear with me for a second, guys. Let's let's do some hashtag reading with MHH here. What this means for James? All right, with both options, a player. So whether or not he were was a high risk designation on the opt out or not. A player's contract rolls over into 2021 and any future years roll over one year later. The high risk option, though, allows a player to receive an accrued season toward free agency while the voluntary opt out does not. He's not going to get the high risk. So he's he's a voluntary opt out for James. This is not really a big deal because he has enough accrued seasons already to be an unrestricted free agent when his current deal expires. There's another benefit to him taking the opt out, but it's important to understand how it really works first. James had $10 million in fully guaranteed base salary in 2020. So the Broncos were going to have to pay him that money regardless of other circumstances. What James has done is he's agreed to take $150,000 of that money this year, then get the remaining $9.85 million in 2021. However, future years of his contract will roll over, meaning the $11 million in base salary, of which $5 million is, only, is injury-only guaranteed, will now move to 2022. The remaining $11 million in 2022, which is not guaranteed, that moves to 2023. Essentially, James agreed to kick the can down the road on most of the money he was already due to receive in exchange for a tiny portion of it now. That's not much consolation to Broncos fans who expected him to play this year, but he's not getting additional money out of the opt-out. That 150k it's going to come out of next year's salary. What James is gaining is protecting that $10 million guarantee in case the season is cut short. This goes back to what I referred to with, he's talking about earlier in the article with uh, Kyle Pecco, but to explain, if the season is canceled before it starts, all players, regardless of whether or not they opted out, get $250,000 plus their health insurance benefit and their contracts roll over into next season. But if the season gets cut short, players will lose out on any and all salary due for those games. The base salaries are paid per game played. So if James had not opted out and let's say only eight games are played, he would only get $5 million this year. Okay. Bear with me. So by opting out, James protects his $10 million base salary because it now rolls over guaranteed into 2021. And he's not the only one protecting himself in this manner. C.J. Mosley of the New York Jets opted out as well, the linebacker. Other veterans who had fully guaranteed money due in 2020 also protected themselves in this manner. Thus, it's a good deal for such players if they opt out. So we can get into some more of this, John, but your take on some of the financial considerations that might have gone into this above and beyond just, you know, I'm looking out for my infant son. 
Yeah, I think there's definitely more at play going on here. Uh, he probably has spoken to his agent and uh, you know thought about this a few different ways, and they probably made the risk assessment that there's going to be no football at some point. Um, that's something I, I think may have happened. Again, I don't. I still think there's going to be still full amount of football. We're still going to have 16 games. Uh, but maybe James doesn't feel that way, so maybe he's saying to himself, I'd rather make sure I guarantee my contract going next year and not lose out on anything. So I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but tell that to Vaughn Miller, who's, I guess in his case, you know, he's already uh, contracted the bug and beat it, right, earlier in this, what was it, February or, or no, it was in March sometime that he got it and beat it. But other guys, I mean, look at, Justin Simmons, look at anyone on this roster that has high dollars on their salary this year. They're putting that at risk by showing up if the season gets cut short. I mean, and I, I think the play, those players have more at uh, stake for them. For, for Von Miller, he wants to show that he is a, a Hall of Famer, a true great of all time. And that's something that he needs to be able to perform, get every single game he can out there, show his film as much as he can. Uh, Justin Simmons, again, showing up for, for next year, showing up again. If he can do this again, how much more money will he make comparatively? Uh, so those guys also are leaders on the team. I don't think anyone would say Jawan James is someone you can look up to as, hey, that was a leader. That was someone that on the line, oh, we had that veteran presence. I don't think he really brought that to the game. So that's something completely different than uh, what uh, Von Miller brings. Uh, he knows that he's expected to be a captain and to be a leader. Same thing with uh, you know anyone like Simmons. They know they're the leader. That's what they're going to do. Discount Audio and Wheels, DA Dub jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. He says, not surprised James opted out. Don't be surprised if we have a few more uh, to do so. Elway will cut him next season and eat the dead money. <clears throat> this opens the door for a young buck. Next man up. Interesting that you should say that because I want to, and again, thank you, DA Dub. I want to get to the actual salary cap ramifications in Bob's article real quick. I just want to also grab... Mark Langley's super chat, hashtag Chad Gangsta. What's up, my guy? Appreciate you as always, Mark. Good to have you in the chat. John, he's in the chat, you know, 46 minutes in. So I'm glad he gets to be with us uh, tonight. It's a good night to be with us. I mean, this finally, uh, look, I'm not not, uh, counting my lucky stars over here that John James opted out. But if he was going to opt out, I'm glad it happened on a day that the Huddle Up podcast was going live so we could do a true gut reaction to this thing. But real quick, John, and then we got to hustle through the remaining Super Chat and we'll get close to it. Uh, Here's the cap impact of James opting out. I'm going to quote Bob again here. Quote, let's go back to James and consider the salary cap impact. Originally, James was to count for $13 million against the cap, consisting of his $10 million base salary and $3 million from his prorated signing bonus. Because he opted out for 2020, he only counts for $3.15 million against the 2020 cap. And that's mostly cap space because the signing bonus that totaled 12 million has already been paid out to him from 2019 cash. In other words, he's not getting an additional 3 million this year. In 2021, the $10 million base salary moves to that year minus the 150K advance he's going to get. So it's 9.85 million that'll go on next year's cap. Add in the $3 million from the prorated signing bonus and his 2021 cap charge drops from 14 million to 12.85 million. The Broncos thus 
get $9.85 million in cap relief and cash savings right now for 2020, though they are locked into James for 2021. That's his, this is what's going to disappoint many of you, including DA Dub, who was just talking about um, this very issue. The Broncos are locked into James for 2021. It comes at a slightly reduced cap charge and less cash, though. His 2021 base salary of $11 million, of which $5 million is injury-only guaranteed, now moves to 2022, giving him a, cha- a cap charge of $14 million. And then the final year of the deal now moves, instead of it originally being 2022, now it's 2023, with a $2 million roster bonus due on March 17th and an $11 million base salary. However, his prorated signing bonus comes off the books. So his cap charge would be $13 million with no dead money in that final year if he is actually cut. So on one hand, James gains an advantage because he gets his base salary locked in, though he collects the bulk of it in 2021. On the other, the Broncos could be more inclined to cut him in 2022 if he plays in 2021 and stays healthy. They may not have been prepared to cut him in 2021 with originally with Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson set to become unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. So if the Broncos do keep James, they're in an even better position to cut him in 2023 because they would incur no dead money for doing so. So that's the bottom line is you, you think John Elway's got to be fed up. He's just going to move on next year the first chance he gets. Unfortunately, John, it doesn't quite work that way unless the Broncos want to eat some serious, serious dead money. Yeah, I think they're going to keep him here. And, you know, hopefully a better option can show itself maybe as a rookie uh, early, you know, early first round, second round kind of player. Um, but if not, he's a, a fine player to have for just one more year, and we'll have to we'll have to get through it. Essentially, uh, from there, we'll we'll see. And again, right here with KP, maybe six foot ten can can play right tackle. I mean, he literally has the size. Uh, we'll have to see his footwork. Show us a video maybe one day. Yeah, let's see that foot speed, dog, and that punch. You got the hand technique down, the foot speed. By the way, KP, appreciate your super chat as always, my friend. Real quick, let me grab this question here from Miller 707 Champ, who says, a great member of the community, a bona fide superstar, super chat superstar. This is not a super chat, but he is a superstar, as we know. What is Denver's cap after cutting Hireman and James opting out? Could they go after a different position other than offensive line? Well, let me me pull up over the cap and see if they have this updated. Um, Bear with me one second here. But they should have some money, and I know a lot of people have been – uh, floating the idea of Logan Ryan coming in uh, to be uh, someone to fill in for Callahan if he's not able to produce. Um, so it, that's the name I'm hearing the most of. Uh, and again, people are, seem to be comfortable with that. You know, if we can get him at six to nine, maybe. Um, but again, he's still wanting 10 million. So we'll see if the Broncos will budge. So currently it shows team cap space. This, this is counting Hireman, okay? But it doesn't count. James opt out. It shows them at 20.3 million in cap space. You add the 9.8 of Juwan James cap space that's going to free up this year, and that'll put them close to 30, well, over 30 million in cap space. But you guys got to remember, revenues are down, are going to be down this year. The season's going to happen, okay? But revenues will be down because fans in the stands, even if it ends up being allowed, it's going to be at a significantly curtailed fraction of what the normal capacity is for these stadiums. And so revenue is going to hurt. The Broncos are likely, unless there's a real dire need and opportunity knock somewhere that we're not seeing quite yet, 
they're more likely to roll as much of that cap space into next year as they possibly can, as they possibly can. So that's uh, the answer to your question there, Miller 707. It's going to end up being about 30 million according to over the cap and the great job that uh, Jason Fitzgerald and his crew does over there. Real quick here, got to give a shout out to six foot 10 jumping back in on super chat. Appreciate you. He says, get me some gear. Hashtag quack, quack. Hashtag Buona Beast rocks. Thank you so much, six foot ten. I really do appreciate that. We'll, that. we'll have to see how that works out on down the line. We got Mark Langley jumping back in, just showing some, oh, yeah, hi. <laughs> showing some love. He says, "This is for Chad." Oh, hi, John. Hey, hey. Extremely yeah. generous, Mark. We love you, bro. That reminds me of. Uh, did you guys has have you guys seen that movie, The Disaster Artist, with um, <clears throat> James Franco? If you haven't seen it, it's like a weird, it's it's a true story. It's yeah, I heard it's really weird and out there. Very weird, but he his character it, it's basically a uh, I'm not going to try and explain it, but he has a character that says in a weird accent, "Oh, hi Mark," and in this case, it's Mark saying, "Oh, hi John," and it just reminded me of that when I actually read it. So if you haven't if you've seen that right now, you're nodding your head along with me. If you haven't, you're going, "What orange and blue?" kind of crack is Chad smoking right now. <laughs> All right. We are over the one hour point. So let's, uh, We've got to really work to get this uh, wound down, unfortunately. Um, so let me move along here and grab Mundungus, the whiz himself jumping back in. Appreciate you, bro. He says, if we move Reisner to right tackle and the best option is to leave him there, the big question becomes, do you believe that Reisner is better at right tackle than he is at left guard? That is the question. And if at that point he proves himself to be competent as a right tackle, the question almost doesn't matter. Is he better at left guard? Because the Broncos have just been cursed at right tackle. Any level of competency at the right tackle position, regardless of who it comes from, is a blessing from on high from the football gods. And it's not a blessing or a gift horse. You look in the mouth. So I think it's, in other words, John, it's a lot easier to find a competent left guard than it is a competent right tackle, at least if you're the Denver Broncos. But I think that's true in a general sense for the NFL. So yeah. if, if he were to be tried at right tackle and proves to be the better option, you just don't you don't move him. You figure out what to do at left guard. Yeah, the college system right now is not developing great tackles. So if you can find someone who can play above average and they would have been maybe even better at left guard, you still have that positional value of right tackle being just higher. By chance, John, can you – um, I think we missed Chris. a few here. You got Man, Chris? We missed. It jumped David. It jumped Matt, Chris, and Christian, and Justin, and Eclipse. Man, it jumped a bunch, and we're almost out of time. Uh, okay, you got Chris. Hashtag a six foot ten Mexican for right tackle. And of course, that's the handle of one of our great listeners. He's got a podcast uh, called, what is it called, John? Uh, Bronco. Bronco talk Put it in the chat real quick for us. Um, appreciate you as always, Chris, my friend. And uh, Chris is going to be on the show. Uh, not, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after Chris is going to join us on the show. So we look forward to that. Um, John, what about, what about Matt? Do you have a Matt or Dave? No, you, Chris was the closest you have, right? Correct. All right. Bear with me one sec, guys. I hate to do this. We're going to have to do it the uh, the hard way, putting these in manually. We're happy to do it. 
in terms of it's better than ignoring our superstars, which we would never do. Quick shout out here to Dave Darlington, Callie Dave. Sorry the stream jumped you, bro. We, we went a little long with Bob's article there, which needed to be said and needed to be analyzed, and, and we wanted you guys to hear it. So anyway, Dave, appreciate you, my friend. He says, Elijah is hurt, so who slides into right tackle now? He's hurt right now. I think, honestly, we don't know. We don't know the answer to that. Probably Jake Rogers, unless the Broncos really do decide to get creative and try Reisner over there, which I think they would be remiss, John, to not at least explore that as a possibility. I agree. And at this point, just need to make sure that position is solid enough. And again, we have the other players like Shalotman, whoever you want to put in there at left guard, uh, who's healthy. That's, uh, you know, again, they have protection from a good center and, uh, you know, bulls on the left side. A new name I don't recognize on Super Chat anyway, Matt uh, Shibout. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name, my friend, but thank you for the Super Chat. Really appreciate the support. He says, listened many times, but this is the first time live. John, that's happening a lot and a lot more and more as we get closer to football. Um, and that's, I think that's because of our fans really quick. Uh, yeah. That's why I appreciate so much of the organic growth you guys are helping create with those likes. That's uh, right. It, means a lot. it really does. That's exactly a result of – of your organic support. What are your thoughts on moving Reisner over to right tackle and Muti at left guard? I think we've pretty well covered this. Like in the interest, because we're long, I don't think it's the worst idea. John doesn't either. It's a question of, are the Broncos willing to potentially risk messing with Reisner's momentum as a, as a second year player, having played 16, started 16, uh, 16 games at left guard and whatever chemistry issues that could potentially create for, for Garrett Bowles. If they're willing to at least risk that to look and see, I think it's it would be a worthy pursuit, John. I agree. All right. Do you have uh, Christian? Uh, if not, I can put him through because the next one I have is is uh, was Mondungus's. So if not, let me I'll, let me just grab him. Terry right. Randall next and discount. Okay. Yeah, All right. Bear with me one sec, gang. You know how it is. Sometimes we might have these. Uh, these stall moments, but we do not neglect or forsake our super chat superstars ever. So we appreciate each and every one of you, Christian jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. It was good to see that selfie you sent in rocking the huddle up podcast uh, tank top. He says, and it's by the way, all those selfies that get sent into us, we put them on mile high huddle Instagram. So make sure when you get your gear, when you get your swag, you send us your selfies. Happy birthday to Mr. Kelberman, says Christian. How many candles are on the cake? Uh, I think that's something we should let fans guess. Yeah. And yeah, tell Zach personally what you think. I think that's I, more of a great way to go. I have a ballpark figure. Um, I think it's just barely – well, I'll let you guys guess, and then Zach can reveal that when he comes back on Thursday. Um, all right, here's Justin. Jumping in, Justin May, another name I don't recognize on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Welcome. He says, with James opting out, what are the Broncos' next moves at right tackle? And do you see anybody else opting out this year from the Denver Broncos? That first question, I think we've already addressed quite well what, what the plan is at right tackle, or at least in the immediate and the short term. As far as anyone else opting out, John Elway said last Tuesday that he's heard rumblings of other players. Obviously, one of those rumblings – you can guarantee that they heard or he at least spitballed behind closed doors was Jawan James. I don't think so, but you'll know by Wednesday, they extended the deadline. It was going to be tomorrow. Tuesday was the original deadline for opt-outs. 
They, for whatever reason, decided to extend that one more day. I don't understand why they chose to do that, to be honest with you. But there's no one that jumps out to me as, as a potential risk. At this stage, beyond Juwan James, if there's anyone, I mean, they're equally, they would equally come out of nowhere, in my estimation. Yeah, I agree. That I don't see anyone jumping off the list saying uh, they want out or anything like that. So no one I would pick up on and have a good feeling about saying they're going to they're gonna jump ship. All right, we got Eclipse Stormborn showing some love on Super Chat and to Zach. Appreciate that. He says, happy birthday, Zach. Hashtag state of being. And Eclipse, in case you missed it last night, check out the merch store. We've begun to add some youth children's yes. and youth, uh, swag merch on the store. So check that out. And then uh, KP here. We got to grab KP. Dumping back in. Bear with us, gang. Sorry, you know, when we don't have a producer in the background rolling these things, it's just the way it rolls sometimes. Slight delay. But KP, appreciate you, my friend. Lindsay, Philip Lindsay's making 750K. He has a newborn. True. I'm betting he's not going to opt out. Hashtag heart is heart. How can you debate that very well, perfectly put super chat? Yeah, it it almost makes you want to think, hey, let's pay some money up front to – get him an extension or something. We have some money to work with, but we're not going to, we're not crossing that line right now. You, you, as a Broncos fan, you have to be hoping for that because Lindsay is just the epitome exemplar of what you look for in a Bronco. Uh, but it's probably not going to happen. DA dub jumping back in. Well, we got this one. We grabbed this one from DA dub. I think I already grabbed. Yeah. Not surprised. James opted out. Don't be surprised if we have a few more to do. So yes, we did get grab that one. Thank you. DA dub. All right. Mark Langley. We got that one. KP six foot 10 Mark again, Mundungus. Okay. We're caught up and then there's just a couple more. And then we do got to get out of here. We're at six. We're at, uh, excuse me, 10 minutes after almost. So bear with us right here. It's going to be Thursday. Yep. Okay, okay. So he's good for Thursday. Perfect. We'll plan on that. Uh, just Terry, what'll happen for what it's worth is I will reach out to you day of Thursday and provide you some details of what to expect, how we're going to connect, what you got to do. Just, uh, you know, I used to say to the superstars when they'd come on these segments, if you have a laptop or a, or a tablet, that's best. But honestly, what I found is the best, most consistent so far for the superstars is the phone. So as long as you got your phone and some of these type of headphones that have the mic, uh, you're, you're good. good to go, my dog. So we look forward to seeing you. Um, Here's a great super chat and point from DA Dub jumping back in. Thanks, my friend. He says, Muti can make things interesting and make the Broncos change around that line and maybe for the best, stay positive, next man up. Listen, for what it's worth, Muti, all the draft Knicks I talk to, look, draft is not my forte in terms of my expertise. All right, my expertise is in other things with, with regard to football. Every draft Nick I talk to, without exception, believe that Muti was a day two caliber guard, if not maybe the best natural guard in this draft class. It's that terrifying injury jacket that he brings to the table that just frightened off NFL teams. And that's why he dropped to the sixth round. If he can, in fact, John, get and stay healthy, you have a second round pick caliber guard to plug in there. Go watch his tape. Go check out. It's, there's not a lot of it because he was injured so often at Fresno State. But go check out this dude's tape. He is, I mean, he's a beast. Bully. He's a bully out there on the grass. Yeah, he is. All right. Uh, we grabbed Terry. 
bear with me one sec here, gang. I hate to rush like this, but um, Dale, oh. our friend from across the Pacific in that uh, really means a lot. of Hawaii, just showing extreme generosity. I mean, John, you, you hear Zach and I talk about this all the time. We talk about this privately when we're yeah. off air, but it just blows us away the generosity and support we get from our community. And Dale, you have been one of the most generous when it comes to the MHH community. And we just love you, my friend. He says 55 for Chubb. I'm not sure what that means. 55. I mean, we know it's his Jersey number, but he says James leaving is a blessing. He doesn't want to play football. You can't keep a stallion off the field in this game. We love. So I'd rather have someone like Reisner who is a bull showing the horns, pulling hair and kicking teeth out at right tackle for an inch of turf, which perfectly explains kind of the, uh, the uh, spitting tenacious mindset yeah. that is Don Reisner brings to the gridiron, John. Oh, I agree. And Reisner, again, if you've seen him when he's coming into camp, the players, they feel excited around him. I think he brings just a lot of energy. And I think down the line, he's going to be one of those leaders for that offensive line. Excited to give, you know, to have him play wherever he plays, whatever the situation is. I'm excited to watch Reisner get at it. All right, gang. Uh, a couple more, I think, are in the queue here. And then we do have to go. Bear with me one second. And if we didn't get to your comment or question and tonight, bear with us, guys. We'll be back Wednesday night, and we will try to get to them then. And also, before I forget, we got to shout out Bobby, who dropped a very generous super right at the end of last night's pod, literally as we were signing off. We didn't see it till we had actually signed off. So shout out to Bobby, who is just as generous and outgoing and just bright, brings so much to the community. We love her. So thanks, yeah. Poppy. Um, I know she'll be listening. If she's not in the stream now, she'll be listening after the fact. So um, Eclipse, he did hear that we added some kids merch to the store. Awesome, my friend. All right. Am I missing anybody here? I That's don't. who I have as of now. So I think Last, we, we okay. got everybody. And, uh, you know, All it's right, been guys. a great day. And, yeah, it's been fun. Thank it you for having me. John, it's great to talk to you. We'll do it again Wednesday night. Yes. There'll be a gap. Who knows? We'll see what there is. I mean, Wednesday, as we just mentioned, is the deadline uh, for the opt-out. Cross your fingers that no other Broncos or key Broncos anyway choose to opt-out. And we'll talk to you guys then. In the meantime, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Also, you want to follow at MileHighHuddle. Check out the merch store. Get your swag on if you're in a position to do so. If not, it's all good. We understand. Don't forget to like this video wherever you're watching with us now. Share it out there. And make sure you're subscribed too. That helps big time. So many, it's the number has, has gotten less now in terms of the beginning of the year. It was like 40% of the YouTube viewers were unsubscribed, but they watch every single live stream. That number has dropped because we've been trying to bring it to people's attention to like 25%, but still 25% of people who are dedicated listeners and viewers of this each and every night, they're not subscribed. Subscribe. It helps the channel. It helps the channel big time. So uh, do that. We appreciate you. And then follow John here, the producer of the podcast, fill in guest host, doing Yauman's work at John K M H H, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then of course, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Zach, if you're listening after the fact, I know you're traveling right now. So happy birthday to you, my friend. We look forward to celebrating your birthday belated on Thursday night. 
And uh, John, Gary. have a great start your yeah. week, Doc. You as well. Take care and thank you so much. Take care. Everybody. All right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday night. And then don't forget, you got Building the Broncos tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.